You are now listening to Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gap. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. <laughs> Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of the Maddie True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Madwell, with Gabby Dab. Oh, you already will be. Todd Fox. That's right. Well, welcome you guys back. We've been gone for a while, but we are here and we're ready to kick off the episode. But before we do, I want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just type in Grinding True Crimes and there you can follow our page, like our page, leave a comment on our page. And we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Uh, for those who want to listen to us on our podcast stream, you can continue to listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, Podvine, and Podchaser. I mean, uh, Zencaster, I'm sorry. And for those who listen to us outside of the U.S., you can continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. If you like what you hear and you want to, uh, support what we do. You can always leave a. You can be a Patreon member on our Podbean account. So just go to Podbean if you like what you want, if you like what you hear and you want to support what we do. Uh, you can go to Podbean and become a Patreon member. And we support all those who do. So thank you so much for the for those who are Patreon members already. Ah, it's been a minute, man. It's been a minute. Having a rough day, but it's been good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> with all that being said. We're going to kick off this episode. Todd said he has a good one for us. So I'm going to let you take it away from there, brother. All right. Thank you, sir. Well, we're going to go down under. We're going to go to Australia for this case. Uh, this is uh, one, of the, one of the biggest cases, if you ask anyone who's Australian. This gripped the entire nation and uh, most of the world at the time, too. And uh, it's not one that's uh, been too long uh in the, in the shelf as far as a case has been closed you know what i mean this this one dragged on for quite some time mm-hmm. so we're gonna go down to an area that is just south of sydney australia southeast of the continent uh northeast of melbourne and it's close to new south wales so i don't know if you guys know any of that area uh i, I only know that from both, uh, nemo but i don't know <laughs> That's it's it. your favorite place todd That's where they have the biggest spiders ever yeah, it's it's got the wildest creatures. Like, if you want to die by nature, that's a good place to go. <laughs> Ain't nobody died. On, oh, a lot of people die down there, man. We, like, we got a lot of fans from Australia, too, by the way. Yeah, Thank we you do. Guys for the Aussies. Todd should live there. Yeah. I tried asking my friend Martin for some of the, the words and how to pronounce and Because I was trying to, like, get myself... You know, into some voices for Australians. I can't do it, man. I tried because he gave me like these words like wallaby and <laughs> you know, like these cra- the crazy stuff that you know, like they call each other or you know, sl- their slang, the Australian slang. Oh. Couldn't nail it. Yeah, one of our top fans, uh, Adam Taylor. Shout out to Adam. He's from Australia. Yep. Yeah. Shout yep. out to. You. 
<clears throat> some people might know this case just by the forest it took place, and that's the Belangelo. I'm, I know I'm probably <laughs> killing it, but but the Belangelo <laughs> State Forest. That's what it's called. Um, <clears throat> it's it's um. It's famous for the backpack murders, and that's where the we're gonna backpack start. Backpack murders. I, I yeah. have heard the backpack murders. Yeah, because the backpack murders, like they, that's what uh, Australians call um, hikers. Basically, is they they know them as backpackers. So, mm-hmm. like you know, that's what they always assume that they are, and we call them hikers over here because they go into nature and stuff. Mm-hmm. Over there, it's backpackers. Um, but this this case has got all kinds of twists, and um, it's pretty crazy. So we'll get into that right now. Um, so let's get started Started with this case. Um, the Belangelo State Forest was established in 1919. Uh, to give you a detail about how big it is in American um, size-wise, it's 96,000 acres. I don't know the kilometers. So it's pretty big. That's pretty big. Yeah. It's got a bunch of hiking trails, uh, a lot of uh, more backpacking trails. Um, off-roading areas. It's got a lot of wildlife. Um, the forest is, you know, you don't think of Australia as having a, a forest area. I never imagined. Yeah, because mo- most of the continent's pretty dry. But on the, on that part of the continent, it's got big... Uh, this forest is half man-made, planted. Oh, wow. And half, um, what do you call it? It's, it's, it's half, like, you know, natural. So, yeah. Um but this place uh, in the 90s, early 90s, and all the way up to 2015, is, oh, it's got a pretty a pretty crazy reputation for people gone missing. So it's it's got a dubious um, a dubious uh, reputation. Mm. There's always a spot like that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely crazy. Um, so on September 19th, 1992, we already have a date. Dang. Uh, two local uh, hikers or backpackers were making their way through the normal hike of the Belangelo State Forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came upon a smelling uh, or, or a smell of like a rotting carcass, but they figured it was like an animal or something. Mm-hmm. So, two things that you want to remember whenever you you know when you're ever out in the the wild, if you think it's a mannequin out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> it's not. It's a dead body. <laughs> and if you smell something rotten that you've never smelled before, it's a dead body. Yeah, because yeah, you could tell an animal, a dead animal, they all stink the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ain't no Ross out in the forest, man. That's a, Ain't no mannequin. <laughs> yeah, I know JCPenney co-worker is <laughs> over there just like, oh, no, I don't want this uh, mannequin yeah, uh, anymore. No, it's not going to happen. Uh, so these two backpackers that came upon um, a corpse mm. uh, actually that, that was sitting out there because they thought it was an animal. And they also assumed it was a mannequin. So they were wrong on both accounts. Um, but they went over to the smell and they found that it was a female's body. Ooh. It was a leg sticking out of brush, covered covered brush. Ooh. So they called the police and the police got on their kangaroo pouches and they <laughs> hopped their way over to the crime God. scene. Just, you had to start you, somewhere. You, you had to do it, man. You Sorry. had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the koala was the lead detective. Um, no, <laughs> no, but uh, they they came upon the body, and uh, this this poor woman had been uh, beaten and stabbed fourteen times. God dang! With a knife in the chest and in the back, mostly Ugh. the back. So they knew right away it was a homicide. Uh, they set up yellow tape, and they were looking for clues in the shrubbery and the brush. That's a passion kill. Yeah, it seems like it, right? And um, as they're roping off the area, 
They find another body. What? Dang. In the like, same place? In the right, same right, area. Right next to it? Like, yeah, you're talking about no more than about less than 100 yards from the other body. Mm. In the same vicinity. And um, they they looked over, and this woman also was not too far from that. Um, oh, but not too far from, from the, uh, the first body, and she was sexually assaulted. Uh, showed signs of sexual assault. She had been um, stabbed quite a few times. And she had a covering, like a red sash around her eyes, and it looked like she was executed with a gun when they were done. So uh, it was very violent. And the two victims were uh, missing backpackers, Joanne Walters, she was 22 years old, and Caroline Clark, she was 20 years old. Dang, both. Do you think they young. were there together and got attacked together? Well, we're gonna get into that because they both went missing together. So we have we have and the background found together. Yeah, exactly. Here's the problem: How many cases have you done? Has Matt done? Where we talk about hitchhiking? Several. Plenty will teach yeah. you that that's not a good idea. I mean, the the what, what's his name? The one you did that Dahmer, they, the, no, not Dahmer, Dahmer, but the uh, the other one that oh, um, um, the one oh that they God. executed. Yeah, I'm blanking on his name too. But, not John Wayne Gacy. No. <laughs> yeah, well, he drove around the VW. Yeah, yes, yeah. my brain. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, it's one of those nights. But <laughs> hey, I was sick. My brain still recovering. You know, my brain ain't it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ain't. <laughs> but but the thing is, like these guys would. You know, when we did that one on the former Packer too in, in California, like Green Bay Packer, he he picked picked up hitchhikers, mm-hmm. and, and these people just like they never learn. So even in Australia, they warn people not to hitchhike. And these two women, because of the outback area, because most people in Australia are genuine and pretty nice, they they were trustworthy and they were picked up. And the hitchhiker did his or the the hitcher or whatever you want to call him Ted Bundy. Yeah, t- there you go, Ted Bundy. <laughs> Ted Bundy. Yeah, he was notorious for picking up hitchhikers. Mm-hmm. Um so there you go. It's it's sort of like a Russian roulette, you know, you don't know whose car you're getting into, you don't know who that person is. You're just trusting they're going to take you to their your destination without mm-hmm. killing you. So that's what these two did and they were on vacation from Britain and uh these two were nomadic adventurers and they wanted to get to uh from from queensland or they want i think they want to get to queensland from um another uh another part of the 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 continent so they wanted to go west and that was part of their hitchhiking trail was to go through the blangola state forest or at least pass it and they never made it they that was their final resting place so what do you think so far so far clearly you know, you got some maniac out there, you know, raping and uh, picking up hitchhikers. And it seems like the, he got an M.O. on what type young women because, you know, she's 20 and she's mm-hmm. the other one's 22. So you definitely got a lunatic out there for sure. Yeah. And, and the thing is, too, you have none of their Well, at least most of their valuables are still there with them yeah. in their backpack. So it wasn't something that they did as far as like. If for for uh, to, to steal or anything, so mm-hmm. robbery was not a motive. Mm-hmm. So either this was personal because the way they were killed, or like you said, there's a maniac out there. So with these two found, um, the police because 
again, you never want these types of things to happen to because what the only thing that continents, countries, vacation spots care about is the color green. That's true. So if the the bottom line is affected and you have bad publicity because mm-hmm. people are getting murdered, people aren't going to travel, people aren't going to spend money. So right here they're like, okay, you know, we got to catch whoever did this. We don't need people from other countries because not only is it if it's Australian people that are getting killed, you can keep that within house. Mm-hmm. But you start losing people internationally, yeah. it becomes a story. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so tourism is the the biggest thing right here. So that's what they cared about right away. That's just like when, uh, not to cut it off, but remember in uh, Mexico not too long ago, there was uh, five black uh, people. That, oh, yeah. Three of them got murdered. The other two got... It was a bad It look. was bad uh, publicity uh, for that moment. You know, for tourists. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you don't want that to happen in any country. And you have like these areas like in Brazil or in Mexico where you can't go outside of the 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 uh, tourism areas. Mm-hmm. If you do, you're risking your life. That's not a good look, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, those countries can't keep it together, it seems. But uh, this is one area right here where, you know, um, where, where things went you know terribly wrong because now with it going to britain getting back to that media they started to do their homework and they realized in the last couple years there's six other backpackers missing and from from different from different countries so now you're like oh crap you know like you know they have to 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 do something about it that's crazy that's too many yeah it is that's crazy and um like you know how we call it vacation over mm. there, it's like, oh, we're going on holiday. On holiday, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so people going on holiday weren't really wanting to go on holiday <laughs> in Australia. It wasn't, it wasn't good. So, um, what they did is they formed a task force because they're like, okay, there might be something to these missing backpackers. You know, they should have been in the area where these two were found. And so they got a group together of people to search the area, you know, extensively. Uh, police and volunteers and so they went into the forest and they were looking for people and they were looking for any clues to to find the 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 missing backpackers and anything that would link the two murders to uh, an individual or individuals Mm -hmm. so um there was one guy who had who had worked for the forest service um and his name and this is highly ironic no pun intended but he was what they call a potter so he would plant trees in the forest and his no his last name was potter oh so bruce potter so oh okay he was, he was born was to do the job no <laughs> <laughs> wait what would harry have to do the forest I don't know, because it's harry potter <laughs> oh, <laughs> get out of here man. Harry. that was an evil laugh that was the evil <laughs> <laughs> he flew in on a broom absolutely <laughs> oh jeez. that time of the month yeah oh wow <laughs> i didn't say it hey <laughs> so uh it had been a couple months and that uh, since the bodies were found and they hadn't found anything. So it was now October, 9th, October 5th, 1993. And Bruce had, you know, just done his thing going into the forest and uh, he decided to take this other route and he was still looking while he was doing his job. And um, when he went in there uh, into this one area that he hadn't searched yet, he saw something glistening in the sun and it was in a little, like, behind a bush in front of a tree. It was a skull. 
What? Yeah, because if you ever seen like an actual human skull, like if they're in the sun, it'll, it'll glisten. You know what I mean? Because it's bright white. You know, no matter what your background yes. is, the, the the human body, those bones, your, your bone is white. Yeah, it's right, uh, right. unless I mean they they stick out. You can see it. You know I've never I mean? seen one. I have. Yeah, it's it's pretty freaky to see how uh, not only detailed the 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 skull shape is, but just the um, the brightness. I wasn't expecting, or like I, you, you know, when you see them in school, you're all yeah, it's see them as Halloween decorations. You're all yeah, right. It's it's, it's brighter than that. You know, it's 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 kind of freaky, um, but this guy saw it, and he and he found another uh, another body right here, and um, it still had, um, yeah. I I don't know how they were able to do it as far as realizing that the person had been stabbed multiple times because the body had been out there for a while. Decomposition. There's no probably no skin left, but they ripped punctures in the in the bones. Yeah, that could be. That could be. But they were detailed. They knew where the punctures were, like as far as the back again, the That's chest. Crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Science, man. Yeah. And then they had, and this is a 90s too. This is That's like early crazy, 90s. man. And then you had um, violent skull fractures. So, so like they were able to see that right away. And um, it, was a, it, it was a female. And so as they, again, were doing work to excavate the remains they found more of the backpackers identification the stuff that they were using and then just about less than a, again uh less than 100 feet away they found a body of a male mm. a male body what? yeah and this one was had stab wounds to the chest as well and there was evidence that um and this was what sucked there was bullet holes in a pine tree adjacent to the body the body also had a again a red sash around the face, sort of. But but this body, the police said, had two different caliber bullets. Dang! In it, and it appeared that the 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 man had been used as target practice. Oh, that's jacked. As target practice, so he might have been tied to the tree and probably blindfolded. And yeah, and then they just kept shooting. That is wrong. So it's definitely multiple people, or he used. Both his hands to fire off different handguns. Or try different guns. That too. Yeah. Um, so now you have you have four. And when the, the DNA or the, the teeth came back as far as the dental records, and then also it matched the identification, it was 19-year-old Deborah. Um, it was two 19-year-olds, Deborah Everest and James Gibson. Okay, so he's targeting young people. The M.O. of me saying that he's, you know, raping these women is out the door because he killed a guy now. Mm -hmm. But he has a target on young people. I mean, not necessarily. The guy could have been, with, have been her. with her. Yeah. But he, I'm, you know, I well, don't well, he let's, did anything to him. Well, let's get into it right here. Um, these two had disappeared in December of 89. So oh, they, dang. They've been out there they've for a while. They've been out there for a minute. That's why yeah. it was just nothing but, but bones. Yep. Three yep. Years. So that's ninety eighty nine. Yes, three years. Yeah. So um, or almost four. Um, so they went missing around the same time. Yeah. Well, they went. They went missing, they went uh, missing two years earlier. Three or three years. Yeah, but three I'm saying earlier. like together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they went. Yeah, they were they were uh, together. Uh, so the task force air was established by Australia, and they they and by that part of the area, and they were going to then comb the forest even more. 
and they were they had all the resources to uh, interrogate anything. You know, like like all the resources were there. They were they they had this was huge. Like they had to the prime minister was in on it. They had to Dang. they had to get this these cases solved because now you found two more backpackers that had been missing and everyone now feared the other ones you know mm-hmm. uh had the same fate um so as they were getting everything together here and, and trying to like put leads to it um there was not any definitive definitive people to hone in on uh but a criminal profiler decided and we've gone over this too is with the profilers is a how accurate they are and they started to put all the evidence that they had together and they said that it was probably a white male who had issues uh relationship wise came from a big family um was a sexual predator had a lot of trauma in his life and was a gun enthusiast Mm, I can see all that. I don't know if he's white. We don't know yet. But what well, is Australia? So there's a pretty, there's a pretty chance. Chance. Yeah, wasn't gonna say it. I'll let you do it. <laughs> I can do that. You can do that. <laughs> I was gonna say that definitely he may have some like issues. I was thinking like maybe he's an older dude that mm-hmm. has some issues with younger people. He experienced something young in his younger days. Yeah, and he hates younger people. So because you know twenty, twenty two, nineteen. Yeah, it looks like he has a, a target of who he's preying on. Exactly. But I could be wrong. Could or be. maybe it just so happens that it's a bunch of young people backpacking through there. Oh, no. Yeah, well, let's find out. The police started going to uh, gun enthusiast uh, shops um, or, or conventions. They started to check out pl- you know, places where these guys hung out or where they did target practice. And suspiciously um, or surprisingly, one name kept popping up. And it was Alex Malat. Yeah, he definitely white. Alex Malat, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and he, he would go to, he was, uh, what is it, uh, 52 years old at the time. I knew it. And um, and, you, and you're telling, like, you're finding this guy weird, not only in person, but you've heard nothing but people say, hey, he gives off a weird vibe. You know, he's, he's kind of, like, trippy to talk to. There's something about him that's just not right. Like those people that just don't give you a good feeling? Yeah. Yeah, but but he's still the type that you'll you'll have a, a wallaby with, or, or, <laughs> or you'll have a drink with. You know what I mean? For whatever reason, a wallaby. I don't wallaby. know even what that means. But. I don't know either, but it sounded good. A wallaby's <laughs> yeah. an animal. I know it's an animal. But it's, oh, okay. it's like a little version of a kangaroo. Also, oh, gonna eat. Oh, so he's gonna eat a wallaby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible. See, I told you it didn't work. Martin gave me all these phrases, and I, I a wallaby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it sounded good. Yeah, it sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> Googly moogly, I don't know. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so um, the detectives uh, start off by asking him about the two girls that went missing in 1992. Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> they are cute. <laughs> so they, he's asking him about the, um, the, the, the hikers and he, or the backpackers. And he's like, you know what? Um, you know, it's it's been because by, by this time it's 1993, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Did you hear anything about him? Because we heard that you like to go out shoot random animals. Like you don't even hunt them; you shoot them for fun. Um, you know, uh, we're we're you know we've heard some weird things about you." And uh, he goes, "He goes, yeah, I like to be out in the Belangola State Forest." And he goes, uh, 
so the detectives were like, well, do you know about these two women that we found just a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago? And he's like, well, it's funny you bring that up. Um, he goes, around that time, I seen two cars and one was filled uh, or one had uh, three guys in it, one holding a shotgun and a girl tied up in the back. And then the other one was like sort of like a midsize pickup. And it had two guys in the front, and then they were holding a girl in the back. Mm. And and then the police were like, "Wow, okay." So and and he brought up the shotgun, which wasn't released to the the public. So that made him know. And he also something. brought up the the Ruger gun that was that was not mentioned to the public either. And so he's like, so the police were like, "Well, he definitely knows something, but he's probably just trying not to implicate himself." Mm-hmm. And so they're like, can you tell me any more about it? He's like, not really. And and he goes, uh, he goes. So so the, the officer says, well, so what do you think happened? And he goes, why didn't you report it? And you know, he Alex is like, well, I thought that they were having, you know, uh, it was something kinky. And they're all kinky. Ain't nobody doing that kind of kinky. Yeah, yeah, that's that's extreme kinky. <laughs> you know People what I mean? Get together in groups to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, ain't nobody. Well, I don't know about you guys, but when I go on a date, I <laughs> hold a shotgun to my girl's head. You know, and I tie her up. She, too. she loves it. Yeah, yeah. That's how our double dates go. Yeah. See. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You hold the Ruger. I hold the shotgun. Uh, but, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but no, um, th- this guy is basically giving away a lot of stuff. So he obviously knows what's going on, and they're like, you know, again. Why didn't you report this to the police? Well, I thought it's just teenagers having sex and they were going to, you know, they go out there a lot, have drinks, you know, do drugs and, and have sex. And he's like, if you seen him scared, you should have been able to, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like he wouldn't know the yeah. difference. Yeah, you should know the difference. It. But he played dumb. So um, they start at the same time they're investigating Alex. There's now a 24-hour hotline as far as um, uh, any tips for the, t- the hitchhikers and, and, and backpackers, missing ones. And um, this woman decides to finally call in, and she says, me and my friend back in 1977 were hitchhiking, and this guy with a handlebar mustache picked us up. And he drove us into, uh, you know, he was supposed to take us to uh, the the side, of, uh, what is it, the other side of the um, the city, and drop us off at the, from the train station to another part where we could travel. And he pulled over on the side of the road, held a gun to our to to my head, and 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 tied up my friend. And he wanted to have sex uh, with us, and he said that one of you's gonna is going to die if you, if, or both of you are going to die if one of you doesn't have sex with me. And so the one girl volunteered and as she was getting raped, the other one got away and then she was able to get away and they, but they never reported the, what? Never reported the incident. So when they called the hotline in, one of the detectives were like, did he look like this guy? And they showed Alex Millat. And the women were like, no, doesn't look like the guy. And then one of the smart things the detective did was like, well, this guy's got a big family. Let me show some of his brothers because at the time, once they were, you know, investigating Alex, they realized his brothers 
were in and out of jail mm. all the time. And then they picked out Ivan, and Ivan had the handlebar mustache. Mm. And so they were like, "That's him. That's the guy. That's the guy that tried to or or, or tried to rape me and then but raped my friend, and we had to get away. And he threatened us. Blah blah. blah. It's like okay, so we need to look into this guy. Dang. Yeah. Smart detectives. Yeah, right so there. the detectives were doing their, their job back then. Good job, Australian. <laughs> so maybe it was just him or maybe this is a sibling That's what I'm thing. saying. Maybe he was there and he, maybe you know. Maybe he is one of the cars with yeah. one of the guns. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's find out because, he, so you guys think, you guys think that this is a Malat family thing? It definitely mm-hmm. sounds like okay. it. Okay. All right. So um, with this being found out, they were starting to look into the Malat family, and 400 officers were now a part of this this Dang. thing. That's the whole division. <laughs> yeah, that's that's most of Australia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and they got cadaver dogs. They're going through the forest night and day looking for more skeletal remains. I ain't mad at them. And it paid off. On November 1st, 1993, they came upon skeletal remains. Um, they found uh, jewelry still in the backpack uh, with supplies. But they had a noose uh, that they found, strangling device, uh, wires that they were like, they tied people up with like a, almost like barbed wire and they were oh. dragging them. Um, they found a 21-year-old German tourist, Simone Tudel. I know I'm saying that wrong. You're German. Yeah, I know. I should be saying that a lot better. Uh, <laughs> she was last seen leaving Sydney, Australia in 1991. And she was trying to get to the airport on the other side. Um, so after finding her body that had multiple stab wounds as well, and she had been tied up and left in small brush, just three days later, the task force would find uh, the remains of another woman. Uh, she had been stabbed, brutally uh, beaten, and strangled so hard that her spinal cord had been severed. So she was decapitated. Oh, that's... Ew. Yeah. Yo. Um, her skull was not found, however, but they could tell that, that, that the, that's how she was strangled. So Ew. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. they probably used wire. Yep. And she was another German, um, backpacker. So now this made it to Germany as far as like, now it's all over there too. Okay. So he's picking up people that aren't from there. Mm-hmm. So he's, so he's kind of maybe out. acting like their tour guide. To help them get through there. Yep. And then he kills them. Because he's probably acting like, oh, I know the outback. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And then, and then he just takes them to their doom. And, of course, they're going to trust him because they're not from they're there. Not from they're not from there. trying to reach the yeah. destination. Yep. It was 21-year-old Amber Hapsheed. Uh, she was from Germany. She had been missing since 1992. Um, the other thing was that they were looking for her boyfriend at the time because his information was there in one of the backpacks it was gabor norbauer i know i'm not saying that right um they were both reported missing they were a couple and they never made their flight back to germany so they had he's probably dead somewhere too his well his paperwork was there too like like all their um what is it called Uh, their passport passports and id um yeah so they so the killer didn't give a crap like as far as like not being able to identify it, so I'm almost like, well, here, here they are. If you <laughs> wanted to identify, yeah, them. he didn't care. Yeah, and um, so so once they found that, 
they, you know, they started to look into it. They had been both blindfolded and gagged. Um, they still had their cashier's checks on them. Um, they were they had extension cords and zip ties uh, used as restraints as well. Um, so these people were tortured for a bit before they I really killed. don't think there's only one person doing this. It can't be. You're targeting couples. And you're mm. targeting young couples. Yep. Probably because they're, you know, they're, they're young. Targets. They're kind of naive of, about certain things. You know, it's an easy target. Yeah, so as they're finding there's these bodies, here's another twist. Oh, wow. Um, in, in that same month in 1993, Joanne Berry, she would call the hotline on November 9th, 1993 to tell her story what happened four years earlier in 1989. She and her sister were driving on the Hume Highway, which is like the main road that goes through the forest or adjacent to the forest. Uh-huh. And she said that a young man just burst out of the on onto the highway and threw himself on front of her car like out of a movie. It was like, save me, save me. The guy with a gun is, is, is chasing me. He's going to kill me. And he just throws himself into the back of their vehicle. He's a drive, drive, drive. He yells at them. They freak out and they drive and they take him to the police station. So they take him to the police station. And as they look or as, as they're speeding towards the police station, they look back and there's a guy with a handlebar mustache waving a gun at him. Wow. And, and then like sort of chasing, but then giving up. And he gets back into his Jeep and then just goes the other way. They file the police report. But when they file the police report. The Johnsons take over. They lose the police report and oh. never follow up on it. You were doing great, Australia. <laughs> what happened? No, hey, I ran out of ink on these <laughs> pens. They don't talk like that. <laughs> like, just use crayons, Bob. All the Johnsons talk like that. <laughs> That's right. They're all Johnsons. <laughs> so it turned into some Johnsons right there. And uh, it sucked because this is a case that they could have, like, pinned on the dude or or they could have made some headway earlier and the man's name was paul onions no way no I'm, way I'm serious name no paul way onions. Yeah. stop it i'm i'm not lying his paul name's paul onions. onions paul onions i was waiting for paul bunion i was thinking of paul that was about to say do you mean bunion uh, it's, like, it's like bro you smell like onions put some deodorant on um mm, paul no, but onions. He, <laughs> he um I guess he was from another country too. I think he was from Britain or something like that, or England. Mm-hmm. So he left. He was gone. Um, I don't blame but him. When he found out, the police reached out to him and he collaborated Joanne's story because Joanne's from Australia. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden they're like, "Okay, who do we know that we've been talking to lately that has a handlebar mustache?" Ivan Malak. Yeah. So they're like, "Okay, we're going to start talking to this dude too. We're going to start te- checking him out." And uh, at this time, right now, the, the New South Wales tourism um, people, and this is why they're getting flooded with a lot of tips, too. Uh, they had offered a 500000 American dollar reward Dang. for down there. Yeah, at the time, Ooh. this is 1993. Yo. So they, they want to they catch this dude. Yeah, that's a lot. So at this point, there there's seven bodies now that they've found. Mm-hmm. And um, this is all happening at the same time. So now the task force air with all those detectives and police officers. Now that they're not cor- uh, combing the forest anymore. Now they're doing a complete study on the Malats and, and, and which one they think it is. So um, let's talk about Ivan. Um, Ivan Malat. 
Uh, Ivan was born December 27, 1944 in Guildford, uh, New South Wales. His father was a Cro- uh, from Cro- Croatian descent, an immigrant born in 1992 in Croatia. He, got, he moved over to um, Australia, and his mother was an Australian national. Um, they, they hooked up in 1920. They had 14 kids. Good Lord. 14 kids. Uh, Ivan was fifth out of the 14. Um, their parents struggled to keep a roof over their head. I can imagine. Yeah. And, um, they, uh, what is it? They, they had a farm at the time and as they were getting older and they were just, you know, she was just pumping out kids cause like, Hey, what do you want to do today? Oh, watch kangaroos or have sex. I I like the ladder. Let's have some sex. And then they just get pregnant right away. You know, she's like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, damn, that's that was quick. No no pregnancy test, you know? Oof. Like that was a great googly Three, moogly. Fourteen kids. Fourteen kids, she yeah. Popping them. Yeah, she was popping them and so she's not you know Isn't it true? I have heard something about when you have a bunch of kids, like something's bound to go wrong neurologically with a lot of them. It's yeah. too much. Or you just have one really bad apple <laughs> out of the out of the out of the clan, you know what I mean? In this case they had a couple. Yeah, they had several because here's the thing. Ivan's father wasn't exactly the the best role model. He was drinking all the time, very abusive. So where have we heard that before in these stories? Oh, a lot. Yeah, and then and then uh so he, you know, but but they were very Christian. You know, they, they put on a persona. <laughs> they, <laughs> they drink their beers, beat their women, and but on Sunday they sing and pray and when they get home she oh, gets yeah. dragged. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So and I mean and then these kids too, they grew up in the Christian school, so you would think, okay, maybe they're raised because mo- the majority of the ones that go to we're not ragging on the church. When they go to the church, you know, they're well yeah. you know, they're they're good people. But mm-hmm. you have these people that'll live double lives, that'll do things behind closed doors, which you wouldn't have most people didn't picture the Malats being like this till later. Yeah. Yeah, because the the religion or the church is their front. Yeah, I think a lot of people who are like raised in religion and whatever church you go or religion you go have some that live double life. Yeah, or get rebellious. Or right? get rebellious. Yeah, I think that's just common. And the thing is about these kids is the parents needed help around the farm. So like a couple other cases we've done in the past in poor rural areas too, they just decided you guys aren't going to school no more. Mm. You're going to stay home. You're going to be full time helping us out at the farm. And so what does that do? I mean, like there's no structure Mm -hmm. and they lash out. So then people started to see when these kids start dropping out of school around 12 and 13, you know, yeah, they're responsible around the farm, but then what do they do afterwards? Oh, they're target practicing on other or they're trespassing you know they're using guns they're drinking they're smoking abusing animals abusing animals and these are all what his brothers and sisters are doing like 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 they're they're getting into trouble they're stealing in the town you know what i mean so they've got the reputation now of hell man stay away from the malats you know they're 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 kind of uh creepy people and their kids are terrible you know Mm. and they looked at they started asking friends of ivan and Ivan stuck out more than others because, like you said, the animal thing always pops up in these, right? Mm. This is what this guy would do. Now, as beautiful as creatures as we have here in the United States or, you know, we, we talk about serial killers killing dogs and cats. This dude is over there in Australia 
either target practicing kangaroos and koalas and or other wallabies. native animals or wallabies, or he'll go up and take a machete and stab them. What? How hard is that to do? You know, kangaroos are pretty big. And they fight you. And they fight you. He's stabbing these guys and then hacking them up and laughing in front of his friends. Something that's psychotic. Like, even his other twisted brothers are like, hey, bro, you went too far. This is Ivan. This is Ivan. Yeah, Ivan's just like, he just laughs it off with his goofy laugh. If you see a picture of him later on. You'll see. At, yeah, you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, could, I could picture he him going. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He's something like that. Well, if he's using the machete as a murder weapon, no wonder they found bone, uh, the nice. bone fractures in the Like skeletons. the stabbings, yeah. yeah. That thing is deep. Yeah, so <laughs> Whoa. So check this out. He, After all the animal stabbings and, and stuff like that, he started from the ages of 13 and 17, was in and out of juvenile hall. He was just in and out of stuff. Um, he, uh, on his, close to his 18th birthday, he was uh, sentenced to 18 months in jail uh, for armed robbery. Mm-hmm. So he got 18 months down there, and then he was released. And then a couple weeks later, in 1967, got three additional years because of Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. So he was released in late 1970, almost 1971, and he picked up two hitchhikers who were both 18 years old, just came off the train, were leaving the big city and headed to Liverpool. But he said, you know what? I can give you a ride. Uh, the same thing happened. He pulled them over, assaulted both of them. Uh, but the both, uh, what is it? He took them to a gas station. So he had them in the car after sexually assaulting both of them. He was going to get some gas and continue on the road and maybe kill them. Mm. But the two started freaking out at the gas station. There was a few people that were, it was in a small town. They started to gather around. They held on to Ivan until the police came and he was arrested. So you think that would have been enough for them to lock him up with his history for a long time? That's a big sign right there that he's doing that. How long did he last, do you think? Uh, I'm going to say five years. Five years? Okay. I'm going to say five weeks. You are both wrong. Because his mother came to the rescue and, and bailed, bailed him, him out. out. <laughs> you <laughs> son of a... <laughs> so mama, mama loves her kids. No. Yep. No, she don't. I'm just saying. So <laughs> if he, they're already troubled and going through all of this, why the hell would you pull them out? Because that's her Let son. Let them learn some lessons. So, he, so he's bailed out. And this is the third offense. This is rape of two barely legal girls. And Mama bailed Mama him out. Mama bails him out. He's got a court date two months later. You can't just sit home and be, you know, play a good boy and and wait to your court date. No, your brothers are gonna go uh, rob a, uh, a liquor store. You go with him. You got to. And, and you, you go with him and you rob that liquor store as you well. <laughs> Did she bail him out for that one too? He, he gets arrested. Caught. He got caught. He got caught. Get out. And he got bailed out. Like you stop <laughs> it. <laughs> Yo, Australia, wrong what with y'all doing Mama with this? Too. What y'all doing with this court? <laughs> and so he, All these kids messed her brain, too. The, yep. the, the, the legal system out there was kind of weird it on that. It was kind of shady, right? Boy. So they, he flees because now he's like, you know what? They're, I'm for sure going down. I'm for sure going down. So Ivan takes his handlebar mustache and he flees to New, <laughs> New Zealand. You would think he would shave it. Yeah, no, he kept it. Mm. And um, he stayed there till 1974. And he decided, you know what? I'm going to come back. 
I'm pretty sure they forgot about things, you know. Uh, probably. <laughs> police it have a... starts again. Yeah, police have a, uh, you know, low memory when it comes to that. They probably already forgot. <laughs> he, he thought it was like Grand Theft Auto, you know, the stars oh, go Oh, the stars away. go away. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, the stars went away, I'm coming back. <laughs> um, so he comes back, he gets a job with his uh, friend of theirs, um, his, his parents, mm-hmm. uh, driving a truck. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's 1975 now, and... Um, Ivan is is around 30, 31. 30, yeah, 30, 31 right there. And one of the truck drivers, don't ask me why, but one of the workers that work for the company say, hey, you know what? My uh, 17-year-old sister is available. You know, you wanna, might want to hook up with her. What? And he's like, great googly moogly, okay. How old is he now? 31. 31, yeah. 1975, yeah, 31. Yeah, and, and get this, though. And uh, again... <laughs> What a recommendation, okay? I, I know Ivan's not a, uh, a uh, what is it, a, a model or nothing, or he's not like a cat. Good citizen. But this chick doesn't sound like it either. I mean, she's 17 years old. Her brother's recommending you to her, and she's six weeks pregnant already. <laughs> not with Ivan's baby. She hadn't even wait, wait, wait. She was already pregnant. She was already and he was pregnant. like, hey, my, my sister's available? Yeah, yeah, my sister's available. You know, she don't know who the father is of the kid, but hey, it won't be you. Yeah, yeah. You could raise it. <laughs> so. And Ivan's like, all right. All right. <laughs> what the heck? So, of course, with Ivan's background with women, you know this is going to be a perfect relationship, and this is going to be the end of the story. We're, we're going to say right here that all that stuff that happened in the past, he's a changed man now. He's, he's just, you know. That rarely happens. No, no, we don't no, believe that. Not really. <laughs> uh, he began to choke her right away. What? Uh, he raped her a couple times, and uh, she was like, all right. She stuck around, didn't didn't do nothing about it, didn't <sighs> report it. All this stuff wouldn't come out till later. Uh, but wow. she, but she did have the baby, and Ivan would change for a little bit when he had the baby. It was a baby boy, and Ivan began to just be like, "Hey, that's my son," you mm. know. And he started to to actually change a bit and not beat her so or he abuse. Was being a dad, now. yeah. Because I'm not making fun. Some people are gonna be like, "Hey, he's making fun of you know." No, it's just a, it's just some people are just not good for each other, and that shouldn't have happened either way. I'm not condoning her for being pregnant. You know, I have to, I can't believe I had to put all these out there. Yeah, we got to. to. Yeah, and uh, I'm not making fun of the situation. Obviously, rape and the whole thing and her sticking around it's it's a mental thing. So yeah. she was probably ha- she had a background too. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, uh, so don't crush us. Yeah, don't kill us in the comments. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, these two would would. Uh, you know, w- would start, you know, going back and forth. Now this is 1977, and and um, f- you know, a couple years later after that, you would have Ivan threaten her about two other women that he raped. He goes, "You keep this up, I'm gonna do to you what I did to those other two women." Dang. And so that kind of stuck in her head, but she didn't say anything. Again, you, when you're a victim and you're traumatized that like that, it. yeah, it's hard to to, to bring things up. You know, I, I sit and think like, man, I would never do something like that. How could people be that, you know, crazy and not say nothing? When you think about it, that's, you know, you can kind of understand how some people really don't say nothing because of, you know, out of fear or, you know, they don't know what to do or they, they fear like no one will help them. Yeah, so, they, they're kind of stuck. Yeah, they're stuck. So I can I can kind of understand why. Yeah, because there's that victim nothing. mentality, yeah. right? Yeah. So in 1983, you would think that she would leave him, right? Mm. You would think that. What do you think she did? She, she didn't. sticks she with him. She probably had another kid. Got I married. Think, 
Whoa. They sealed the deal. I didn't see that coming. No, <laughs> they sealed the deal. And so a couple weeks after their marriage, they're driving down that Hume Highway, you know, and they see a female hitcher on the side of the road. Ah, uh, don't tell me. Ivan don't leans. Tell me she going to be one of those twisted ones where she and she joins does in the it fun. with him. Please don't tell me. No. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. She's, oh. she's not Okay, okay, no. okay. <sighs> but um, she remembers that, that specific day because Ivan leaned over to her as they're passing her, and he told her, you see that woman right there? She deserves to be raped and murdered. And they just drove by, and he just calmly just put his hands back on the wheel and just kept driving. But he like, he kind of nudged the car a little bit like like he wanted to pull over. But then he did it, and then he told her that. And they kind of freaked her out. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Okay, so why? what is he thinking? Why do these people deserve that? Maybe because she, he feels like she's dumb for being alone in the woods or forest by herself, knowing that there's a guy like me that can take advantage of you. Like, you know, I don't know. There's There's an awful lot of theories on why you know he felt the way he did about it but stuff that never was quite confirmed that's the only problem do you think it had something to do with me i mean he had 14 kids and or 14 siblings. i mean i'm sorry 14 siblings i'm sorry or he was the, uh, 13. 13, 13 siblings, siblings yeah. out of 14 boy our math sucks yeah, yeah right <laughs> do you think it has something to do with maybe they had a big family someone probably touched them or touched him or his mom did something or, you know, a sister or aunt or something that resembles. Was one of them a hiker? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, was it something that he saw that traumatized him as a youngster? And it's like, dang, that, you know, yeah. that will forever, you know. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say when it comes to that with this particular case because we've seen the incest in families. Mm-hmm. We've seen the abusiveness. The hitchhiker thing, I think he, in my opinion, I think it was more of like how serial killers here in the u.s see prostitutes Mm, they're easy marks they're not going to be missed and they're Mm. thinking that maybe these hitchhikers in a remote area maybe their family doesn't know where they are they're not going to find them for a while or maybe they're just you know nomads and knowing that they're tourists yeah you know yeah yeah Yeah, i mean that's that's my theory on it but it's just what's easiest for him to not get caught easy targets yeah yeah so um Moving forward, like, it's now 1987. They're still together. The son is 11 years old. And he's becoming more and more abusive, more and more controlling. He's hitting her. They're arguing all the time. He's telling her what she can wear, what she can't wear. He's get, he's making good money, but he's only giving her the bare minimum and expecting her to make extravagant meals. Just very abusive. And one day she just has enough because... He threw a glass plate that missed her and almost hit her 11-year-old son. And she's like, that's it. I'm out. And so when he went to work, she took everything. Because he, he always would threaten her like, hey, if you leave me, I'm going to kill you. Mm. I'm going to find you. I'm going to kill you. Mm. And she was always scared. And this time she's like, you know what? I'm taking my chances. I'm out of here. You know, you're already getting worse and worse. I wonder why she didn't tell her brother that, that recommended her to. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where he is at this point. I Dang. just I just know that she goes back to her mother. Her mother and them get like, like they move to where he doesn't know where they're at. They Dang. tell the police and they get a form of a restraining order down there. So, and then they were able to finalize a divorce two years later in 1989. 
89 is when those first backpackers were mm. or went missing. So he pissed off. Yeah. So I don't think he's pissed off. I think that's something he already wanted to do. It's just that there's nobody in his way now. To stop him. Yeah, because yeah. The, the timeline of the divorce matches up exactly when Deborah Evans and James Gibson were reported missing. Mm. So it's like around the same thing. So the police are putting all of this together. They're investigating. And, you know, they're figuring that, you know, the, the Paul Onions was the one in, in 1992. So, like, they... They they were figuring out everything is falling into um, into place, and they were as they investigated everything, um, they were starting to figure out the stuff that happened with the tourists, with uh, you know the German couple, how he dragged them into the forest and likely raped her before, you know, and what probably and, and then killing her and then having her boyfriend watch, watch yeah. and then brutalizing him. him too. I think. Do you think that's probably why he's targeting younger women because his wife at the time was very young, seventeen. That could and be. It could be like a trigger. Like that reminds me of my that ex-wife. Could, that could be. That could mm-hmm. be because, I mean, it was just one of those things where, um, you know, like he, like you said, he had a, a target for that, and if maybe he's taking out his frustration, yeah, taking out. She left him, so he's yeah. taking out his frustration on anyone that resembles her or as young as her. Yeah, and here here's the thing too. Like on on some of the crime scenes, they would find a beer bottle or two or a cigarette butt. You had the two different caliber bullets, and when they investigated Ivan, they figured out he that he had at, by this time of the murders he hadn't he wasn't a drinker anymore. He never smoked, so it's like they were like. There has to be somebody else, and then the, his his brothers did drink and smoke. They did drink and smoke, and and they were like, "Why would you use two different caliber guns?" And they knew that the Malat brothers loved to do target practice, and they had been shooting since thirteen, fourteen years old, all of them. And so they were like, "They have to have something, something to do with yes. it." You know, his brothers have to have something to do with it, and um, they tried everything to implicate his brothers and while having him on surveillance they figured okay he's done work at his sister's house you know and and one of the detectives said you know let's just the the task force is like let's put a one day just we'll get search warrants and search all the properties of the family and see what we could find and he did work at the sister's house so let's Maybe he has a, a little stash or something because there are stuff that was missing off of those people, off the bodies, mm, mm-hmm. just not the things you would think. And sure enough, these serial killers love to have trophies. Mm-hmm. So when they went to the sister's house, they were searching through. One of the officers was looking, and he found this like l- little hole in the wall in a closet. And he didn't know, you don't know what it is, but he pulls out this thing, and it's a box full of trinkets, an ID, a ring. Wow. And some of that stuff was traced back to the victims. Wow. So right there they knew. And 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 when they asked the sister, oh yeah, Ivan had did work here and he had you know, he did the, the bedroom and stuff. So he would go there and from time to time open that little cubby hole up and, you know, relive some of the stuff. Know. Yeah. Isn't that freaky? That is freaky. Very freaky. And they found some of the stuff, including one of the backpacks that was actually taken from the scene. In plain view at it Ivan's was house. Took in, Todd. Took in, yeah, it was took in. Wow. Was took in. 
Not taken. It was no, taken. That's a separate charge. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you got charged for taken. Taken. You got to uh, trademark that word. Too. I do. I have yeah, to. Yeah, you got to trademark. <laughs> sure that, uh, what is it, uh, Professor in, uh, <laughs> Florida it. would love Stop that. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> How did you listen to us? I don't think so either. No, no. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, these, you know, once they found some of the stuffs from Joanne Walters um, and Caroline Clark, they were linking all the bodies to to um, Ivan. to Ivan, and um, they they found out in 1940 or 1940 in 1994 they had all the evidence they needed, and they put out the arrest warrant for him. He was now in his 40s, and they arrested him. And it was a huge case all over Australia because you know they finally caught the guy. They put a face to the the murders. Because there were some people that were still missing in different areas, and they figured, well, maybe he was outside of the Belangolo. You know, maybe he murdered more because that's a pretty, you know, because a lot of serial killers don't take that long in between. Yeah. But maybe they were saying, oh, well, he's a guy of opportunity, so it happened to be there. He took it. So um, they just, you know, they they arrested him, and they they only could get him for those murders. And um. The shell casings that they found in the, the tree, they dug them out. They went to his stash of guns. Lo and behold, they matched both weapons, especially the Ruger. So uh, I don't know how they matched up the shotgun, but I do know they matched up the Ruger. So they're like, okay, he definitely was one of them. And the knife Dang. was custom, and it was a custom blade, custom handle, same thing. It matched, it. it matched the stab wounds to the bodies. He had it on, on at his house. So he's he's just he's he's gone. They they have over eighteen hundred exhibits of evidence against God. Eighteen hundred. Yes. So they have so many things against this dude. So on July twenty seventh, my bad. He wasn't in his forties. He was in his fifties. Um, July twenty seventh, nineteen ninety six. Fifty two year old Ivan Malat was found guilty on all seven charges of murder and abduction. Another abduction of Paul Onion. So that was added on. Uh, Ivan never confessed or talked about the murders, and they pressed him for years to implicate, on, his, brother. to implicate his brothers, and he never spoke out about it. Well, never said anything. He didn't snitch. So, um, oh, stop it! <laughs> I'm not glorifying it, but I'm just no, saying, like he, you he, do glorify it because you <laughs> always talking about. Oh, that's loyal. You don't snitch. I'm just saying, like he stayed loyal to his brothers. That's all I'm saying, like. I'm not saying, like, I'm proud of him or anything. I'll be like, you are going down with <laughs> yeah, me. I like, should be the only one. He, <laughs> and so... He took it. Yeah, and he, he got charged with seven... Because, again, Australia is one of those countries that abolished death, the death penalty years ago. Oh, wow. So, so he didn't get it. He didn't... He should have. He should have. But sure. he got seven consecutive uh, life sentences plus uh, 50 years for the abduction and attempted murder of Paul Onions. So, um, but there's a twist as we end this story. I bet you one of the brothers com- like confessed. No, something even more diabolical. Oh, no. So his brother, Bill Millat, had a daughter by the name of Nee. Nee? Yeah, Nee. Um, she had a son named Matthew. Um, so Nee that w- and Matthew, wow. So that would be his granduncle. That's crazy, my brother. You know, uh, Matthew's granduncle would be Ivan. Mm. So that would... So, so there you go. Um, November of 2010, Matthew 
uh, which is his grandnephew, Ivan's grandnephew, was 17 year old, uh, was with his, uh, he was 18, was with his two 17 uh, year old friends. One, it was his birthday. He was going to turn 18. Um, but his friend Colin uh, Klein brought David uh, Archer Loney out there to the Belangelo State Forest for drinks for his birthday. So it was David's 18th birthday. Colin and Matthew took him out there for drinks and smokes, right? Mm-hmm. So they went out there to the forest, and right away, uh, Matthew pulled out a long blade, like an 8-inch knife blade. You know? What the and, heck? And started chasing David around. Colin is on his cell phone recording. Instead of calling police. Yeah. And Are they drunk? No. Oh, okay. They just got there. Oh, okay. And so, uh, but they were promised drinks. They were going to drink. So uh, Matthew's chasing around. He stabs David once. David's still running. He slices at him again. And then David falls to the ground because his, his stomach is like open now. You know, like, like he's holding oh, his shit. stomach closed. And so he gets on his on his on his back. You know, he's he has his hand up, one hand holding his stomach, the other hand looking at Matthew. Then Colin's right next to Matthew, and Colin is is recording and laughing. Matthew is like, "Beg for your life, blah blah." blah. And he's begging for his life. He's like, "Don't do this, please. Why, why?" And he goes, he goes, um, "Get on your knees." So like he moves to his knees. He's still holding his stomach. Colin gives him a axe handle and on video nails David over the head, killing him with the axe for what? So he kills him. They take off, leave his body in the Belangola forest, bury him just like Ivan would bury his victims with shrubbery with a leg sticking out. They go to school and both of them are not hiding the fact what they did with David missing for two days. They're telling friends they killed David and, and, and with no issues, no remorse. And the police obviously go into the forest, find the body, and they check up on it. They arrest Matthew. Matthew, yeah. when arrested and interrogated, says, I'm a mulat. It's in my blood to do it. He was ready to kill again. What wow. the heck? Yeah, he was ready to kill again, and only Colin showed remorse when he was in jail, but they saw him on video laughing. How can you have remorse when you're recording this and you're laughing? Yep. And only, assisting the, the, the murder. He's only Freaking sad because he got caught. Yep, That's yep. All. So Colin, uh, Colin got 30 years. That's it? 30 years yeah in 2010 so he's he's not eligible but see the, the the thing is though when they give you the 30 years for the most part you serve it so he's got 30 years so he's got to go to 2040 and then um they gave 40 years to matthew what yeah didn't give him life what yeah and the judge said that he's the most evil person that he's ever met why didn't he get life that's premeditated. I don't know. That is so brutal. And to be filming it and do that. And he didn't get life. Yeah. First degree murder and you get 40 years. And the th- the sad thing about it too is Ivan got more pub because of this. He found out about it. I don't know what his reaction was, but he was alive to see everything because once Matthew was uh, sentenced and everything, Ivan wound up t- living till October 27, 2019 at the age of 74 where he would die of cancer so 
Ivan died in prison uh, just a couple years ago, and Odin's his doubt that he laughed and was proud. Probably his grandnephew was uh, incarcerated. And his brothers to this day, the police believe, and locals down there believe that they had something. They're just as guilty, witnessed the murders or participated. So they and so people stay away from them. They had to have because for uh, the first Malat brother, um, Alex, Alex, for him to say, "Yeah, I saw a car. It was three guys in it, and it was a girl <laughs> yeah. tied up, and it was a shotgun." Come on, bro. You just admitted on yourself. Not saying it was it was him, but it was one of his. It was. At least three of his other brothers. Or he was viewing it from outside yeah. the vehicle and he was in the vehicle yeah. with his brothers. They yeah. helped her get the girls. Come on now. You, pre- you pretty much admitted. There's so many ways that can go. Yeah. I'm not saying he did it, but he saw that it was You're probably. still guilty. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Those, so he did take the fall, like you said. He didn't snitch him out. But, but most people that are familiar with this case will be like, yeah, there has to be they more to. to it. I think it's more. And for the... And, and the thing is, too, people theorize that Matthew heard stories and got wrapped up into it because he felt that, okay, it's not... Because how he, how he said it was, I'm a malat. You know, blood. it's in my blood. So he didn't say, oh, Ivan's my uncle and that's why I did it. No, I'm a malat, meaning he knows of it other malats. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's probably heard the stories. It filled his head. He wanted to be famous like his, his granduncle, and he did what he did. So that's the case. Yep. What do you guys think? <laughs> Stay I away still from. In if I shock that he only got forty years. Yeah, yeah seriously. For so something that horrible. What was he? Eighteen at the time. So he'll yeah, be like 18, fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Yeah. He'll still have some. He'll still life have some left. life left. You, you know. Why would you want that fool out? No, I'm not saying civilization. I want. No, not oh, you. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm not saying <laughs> no. Up, like clearly, he's already twisted. He's yeah. proud of admitting the fact that it runs in his blood. Mm-hmm. What the hell makes these people think that when he gets out, he's not going to do it again? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's safe to say that if any of us go to Australia, and if some, we meet somebody and their last name is Malat, get out the car, end the conversation, and just walk walk away. Go the other way. Go the other way. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um. That makes me not want to go to Australia. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it, yeah. Well, they did have a big family, so they probably yeah, it's a huge you know, family. Spread it all over. Yeah, I mean, there's there's all sorts of um, stories on the Malats. Like they they do not have a polished history. So there's that's crazy. You know, they've been in and out of jail, or they've had a, you know abuse or stuff like that. So they are not a family that was cherished even before this happened with Ivan. You know, I wonder if any of our Australian fans that listen to us know any of Malats and would like leave a comment and say, yeah, I know them. You know, I know I'm a lot and trust me, they're crazy. You know, I wonder if that. Well, I know when you did that story, the um, the famous, uh, what was it, that one town in Australia, you did that story way back yeah. a few years ago. You're still getting comments on yeah, that. I know. Yeah, I know. They always talk about that one because that that's a crazy case that touched a lot of people. They knew people involved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So our Australian fans, if you know the Snow Malat, town. There you yeah, go. the Snowtown. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. The Snowtown. That's right. If you know a Malat person, leave a comment and tell us your experience. Yeah, but, we've had cases. Oh, real quick, uh, we've had cases recently where you know we talked about it, and either they knew, knew of a victim, of or it was a family member mm-hmm. or something. Oh yeah, just like on Instagram, yeah. somebody sent us a comment that was their uh, grandparents. Yeah, yeah, of one of the cases we did. That was pretty cool. Not cool that you know, but it was interesting to see that. You know, 
a relative of a case that we did, you know, reaching out to us. That was, that was pretty awesome. Gives another take to it, yeah. Yeah. So. I'm so mad. I am. I, I 40 years ain't enough, man. For him to, like, take his friend's life just like that, yeah, man, 40 years ain't enough. If his granduncle served a life term for every victim, that was justice. How... <laughs> This guy was even more disgusting yeah. to do that. He's still alive, begging for his life, has his guts out, and you're going to whack him in the skull with a freaking axe yep. and film it, and you're going to tell me that's not worse? Yes, yeah. Or as equal, as disgusting as the other one? Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. See, that's what he looked like before he died. He had a yeah. prominent overbite. Sure did. But that's him with the... Uh, yeah, like, this is him when they... Ivan Milat here with a handlebar mustache. Oh, yeah. That's what he looked like. Oh, yeah. Um, he used the mustache to hide the goofy look. That's how he looked like before he died. He that's very smug. Him and his shotgun, the one he used on his um, victims. He looks like a killer. Yeah. If that dude picked you up, would you get in the car with him? No, nah, heck no. Come on. <laughs> Man. No lie, he looks like a cowboy from Tombstone. Well, that's how the Australian ones look. Yeah, it looks pretty damn scary. But that's him right there. And he did have I mean, he was kind of a... Uh, he was trying to play, like, insane a little bit right there. But, uh... And I'll show you the, the son right now. Uh, Evan Malat's nephew. There it is. Yeah. This is what he looks like. This guy right here. Oh, you can tell. Yeah. In that picture, for sure, you can tell. Yeah. Was, yeah Look at all his pictures. That was before he was arrested. That's what he looked like before uh, he made the murder, so... He looks kind of scary. He looks like a Mardo. Yeah. He looks like a killer, too. Yep. He had zero remorse. And I think this was the other dude. That was Colin. They both look. Yeah, he looked gothic. Yeah. Kind of. So that's... And who was the victim? Uh, The victim... I don't know. I have to look for the picture. They have it here somewhere. Oh. Um, Oh, this guy right here. This kid. Oh, man. Yeah. They use the younger picture of him right here, but this is... He looked innocent. Poor kid, yeah, he was just on his 18th birthday, man, went out for drinks, and then he got murdered, so. Never know who you can trust, man. Yeah, be careful who you associate They're with. They're supposed to be your friends. Yep, and then one other thing I was going to show you here, um, let's see, there's the victims right here, the ones he killed, the seven. Yeah. Yeah, all tourists right there. These two deserved worse. Yeah, they did. Tough, tough people, man. Um, Who was that? Which one? That lady. Oh, I. <laughs> I think she's the. Uh, oh, okay. She's the mo- the mother of the um, oh, of the okay. kid. Yeah. All right. She all was right. pushing for the life sentence. There she is, right there. He should have gone to life sentence. Yep. Didn't get it. So. <sighs> there was a movie about this too. They had made a movie about the. Um, I forgot where I had it written down, but I, I forgot to put it in the story. But there was a movie that inspired, um, that was inspired from the Belangelo murders because oh. it's pretty freaky. It freaked out the author when he, when he was, um, he wrote a book first and then he made a movie out of it. So, gotcha. There you go. But that's all I got for this one. <sighs> Despicable. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Todd, for breaking down that story of uh, Ivan Malat, Alex Malat, and his nephew. Uh, be careful with the Malat family if you're in Australia. 
hitchhike. Please. And don't hitchhike. Well, I don't think people hitchhike any day. Oh, the, well, the movie's Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek. People yeah. do hitchhike, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because twice I've had ran into a scenario where somebody's asking me for a ride. Literally, their hands sticking out, looking at yeah. me like, "Give me a ride." Don't trust you. <laughs> Not I today, would buddy. Never pick up anybody. But I'm telling you, people still do it. Yeah. Well, a glorified way of hitchhiking is Uber. <laughs> yeah, that's a Uber or Not Lyft. Not because you're paying for it. But see, it's, it's reversed but you're now. you're still in a stranger's it, car. It, it, but it's reversed now. It's like, okay, before you had to worry about the, the driver picking you up. Now you got to worry about, worry about the, the people. Yeah, dude, because even if yeah. they have their information, that could, that could be false information. And, and yeah. you don't know who's stepping in yeah. your car, man. I was a Lyft driver before, and one time I had to watch my back the whole ride because it was somebody I picked up. I did not trust them, and I had a strange vibe. I watched them the whole ride. I ain't going to lie. I stereotyped. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to Uber, and he said no. Absolutely Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. do that either, Matt. I yeah. wouldn't let her. Cause, yeah. I mean, Absolutely not. <sighs> you hear horror stories, especially here in California. We've had them where they they kill an uber driver just shoot him in the head for no reason or or you know they beat him up or beat her up or you know this is not no boy even delivering food yeah yeah doordash uber eats dangerous everything they ruin everything yep well we went on a quick rant (laughs) yeah we did (laughs) (laughs) don't kill us in the comment for that by the way how much people like how people yeah don't like our ranting That's fine. Everybody's entitled to their feelings and their opinion, but this is what our show's about. This is what people like. Yeah. That's what we do. Absolutely. That's who we are. Absolutely. Well, with all that being said, we're getting out of here. But before we do, quick reminder where you can find us, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just type in Grinding True Crimes. Uh, And also, you can listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, Podvine, and Zencaster, as well as those out of the U.S., Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. Thank you once again for listening in to us. This has been another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with Gabby Gab and Chud Fox. And we're out of here. Toodles. Peace. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs>